You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1,127. Within a decade, cars will be intelligent machines that learn all about us from our thoughts, emotions, and needs. Technology drives irreversible change, whether we're ready for it or not. In my Cognitive Automobile Life, author Steve Perrin provides an insider's view of the automotive future. Steve, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you, Richard. Uh, let's uh, start by, can you tell us a little bit about why autonomous cars are going to change our lives as radically and quickly as smartphones did? Yeah, first off, when you think about, I mean, you have to go back even maybe five years with smartphones and, and, and ten years, right, you thought, Every new feature you saw on a smartphone, everybody wanted, right? And it was this constant maybe within a year or kind of two years uh, upgrade. Same, th- same kind of thing is going to happen with cars and, and really around these safety factors when you think of autonomous driving, right? Whether it's, you know, adaptive cruise, lane assist, traffic control, the cars, you know, I don't think of them as much automatically taking you somewhere or going somewhere all by themselves. But from a safety factor, you have to start to look at the features these cars are going to provide to help you become a safer driver, your wife, your kids, you know, those kinds of things that are going to become such factors in that you're going to be out and now it's much harder to hit somebody or, you know, rear-end somebody. Those kinds of safety things are going to be what really drive these kind of factors that, now people will start to think about cars and hear about these new features and say, hey, I want that as a feature, just like they did with smartphones. So it's interesting because you, you lead into a much more detailed future of a car being a more car cognitive assistant. And, and But what you're saying is, and I've experienced it directly, my latest car has many of those features. And what I'm coming to view my car as is almost more of a peer in the driving experience than the machine that I command. And that's sort of what I heard you start to talk about a bit in the relation in the psychological relationship that consumers might begin to have with their cars. Am I am I at all accurate in that sort of assessment in my experience? Yeah, so so what you're seeing now are those kind of physical safety features, right? But as they bring the personal assistance into the car, whether it's Siri or Alexa or what IBM has, these kinds of new assistants also we're going to learn about you as they are learning about you in their home, as you talk to them in other places. They will learn where you go, where you like to stop, right? What, you know, whether you get coffee every morning before you go to work, if you're going to the airport, are you affected by weather? All of these kinds of very simple things, right, that are kind of your everyday life, but they will start to know and you will start to interact with it, whether um, I even have features now where it tells me, hey, you're on your way home, there's a traffic problem, right? So, and that proactiveness is what's very nice, right? It's thinking before you're looking at traffic and getting out on the road and seeing problems, say, in Atlanta or wherever you live on the West Coast, wherever in the big cities where there's traffic, and you might have alternatives on where you can go. So it's that kind of learning that now you see the assistance, and in talking and interacting with it more, 
that has a different way it can learn and understand more about you and then bring that kind of more personalized experience. We're talking with Stephen Perrin, and we're talking about his book, My Cognitive Automobile Life, Digital Divorce from a Cognitive Personal Assistant. Part of what you talk about, though, in the book is how the evolution of the car into a smarter and smarter device does change the dynamics of the automobile industry. Can you share a little bit of what your research talks about in this area? Yeah, I mean, you're you're seeing it already with companies like Uber and Lyft and what and how transportation is changing, right? You meet more and more people in cities that don't have cars, right, that aren't even interested in a driver's license. I, I mean, I came from a generation that was, you know, 16, driver's permit. I mean, you know, that was everything. Now right. that's like the least of, of anybody's concerns, right? Because they have so many more modes of transportation, right? Or alternatives to, you know, getting around and, and actually quite economically, right? Whether, you know, it's a typical car share or, you know, then you start to get into ride. Multiple people are going to a certain place, going out and evening. I just want to get downtown. Hey, I'll ride with a few people, those kinds of things. So those are really the exciting things that are, I think, changing the industry, thinking about people and how they move differently and, and, and how they want to get around differently. Well, as I, um, you know, as I was thinking about doing this interview earlier today, I was listening to Bloomberg Radio in my car, and they had an interview with the CEO of a company by the name of Maven, which is Peer Cars for GM. It's GM's opportunity to get people to use their GM vehicle to provide ride-sharing services and to let people use their personal car when they don't need it. And, and I was thinking, well, this is, a, this is an opening to a window into the future that you write about in your book, My Cognitive Automobile Life, where a major automotive manufacturer is looking to try to figure out how to capitalize on this trend that you just talked about relative to ride-sharing and the, you know, the low utilization of a vehicle trying to make it a more utilized asset. You know, rental car companies, all of these kind of existing companies in transportation are even looking at, okay, what are the new types of services I have to offer, right? And OEMs in particular are looking at, how can I connect people with my brand, right? So GM, you know, if I get them using my ride sharing, if I get them using these services, if I get my app into their hands, right, and they're using their app, that app, to get ride-sharing, pick restaurants and whatever. Ultimately, when they get to a family and they get in the suburbs, then sure, they're going to look at and buy GM vehicles. So everybody's looking to promote their brand and make sure, just like Apple, it's a brand. You get home and you want to, okay, Apple TV, Apple this, you know, and, and, you know, it kind of grows. And those kinds of behaviors now are transferring to the automotive industry and the transportation industry. So, so of all the smart, uh, future smart devices you could pick to write about, why, what was the inspiration and why did you pick the automobile for your book? From, it was one of the first things that were connected, right? Before, you see a lot of hype now, you hear the term Internet of Things. When I started and when cars were connected, there was no Internet of Things, right? It was just cars were connected. On Star, you hit a button and you were in an accident, you know, and it was, you know, you had that kind of safety and security, right? So as we looked at this 
um, industry and my co-author, and we were involved in it, and you saw that whole kind of transformation of that industry and, and its kind of relation to this product to services transformation, it also applies to all these people now that want to be connected with a phone or their appliance or their TV or all of these kinds of things now. You know, now it's Alexa in the home or, or something like that that is a way these people are getting connected. The other part of it was understanding and hearing a lot of hype about what is AI, right? I mean, how do these things learn, right? What is learning? What is understanding? And there's a lot of jargon that's thrown around and all these things that are thrown around. So it was like trying to step back from that and go, okay, what is it really? How, I mean, how are people, you know, trained? People don't talk about training and learning and what, you know, how your car understands it's between two lanes or how it understands something's in front of you, right? It was really trained to understand, right? Then there's other aspects of learning, like I said, from, you know, if you go to the same place, obviously that's a pattern. I can learn from that pattern just by, you know, doing analytics. So understanding and, and seeing, taking these basic concepts of connectivity, what became the Internet of Things, um, this thing called AI that's, you know, in a way confusing and mysterious to people, to try to put it in context to say, look what's happened in a particular industry that's gone from, you know, three buttons in a car to navigation screens to interactive radio to now talking in the car. So, you know, it's gone through its own transformations before everybody got into this hype of Internet of Things. So that's what kind of inspired us. And then also... You know, as, as part of that, we're trying to help other companies understand what that means to move and look at your customer differently and how you're going to interact with customers differently. So it's not a physical thing anymore. People don't care about color and horsepower and these kinds of things. They care about a service, right? Can I get to a restaurant? Can I order? Can I? How do I pay? These kinds of things. So. It's all of those kinds of things that are really driving the types of services now that people want to see. Stephen, we're going to take a very short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. When I come back, I'd like you to maybe share with us why, in your view and your co-author's view, breaking up with the cars of the future could be as problematic and complex as a divorce. Can we talk about that when we come back? Yeah, certainly. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to go anywhere because Stephen Perrin, author of My Cognitive Automobile Life, will be back with me here on Critical Mass Radio Show after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com.
Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and several hundred former guest websites who've appeared on our radio show. Since we started the show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream here on octalkradio.net and our podcasts and our other platforms. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software, and you'll start receiving weekly updates of these great guests like Stephen Perrin and his book, My Cognitive Automobile Life. I really loved the book. I'll tell you, there's a lot of data in your book, but the big ideas are really very intriguing, Stephen. And, you know, maybe one of the most intriguing is this concept, which I said before the break, is, you know, why is, in your view, in your co-author's view, breaking up with the cars to the future as problematic and complex as a divorce is today? Can can you share a bit about that? Yeah, so it, it really came about, as, and um, we didn't start with this idea. It really kind of came out after we were writing and doing the research, and, and I was living in Japan at the time, and I was coming back to the U.S. as I was finishing the book, and I started thinking about everything we're writing about the personal assistance brands and, and how people are connecting to those. I mean, you have Apple people, you have Android people, you have Alexa people, right? And here I'm going back. I have the opportunity. I'm coming back fresh to the States. Can I, you know, do I want to get a new phone? You know, what kind of car am I get? What kind of brands, what kind of things am I associated with? And all of a sudden, when you start thinking about these personal assistants, right, and not just talking to Siri or, or, or the other things that Apple does, but it's really your connection to Apple. And I really started thinking, wow, can I leave Apple, right? Can I divorce myself from Apple and get back and buy Android phone and put Google in my house and all of that? And you really start to all of a sudden think, well, wait a second. Well, I like how this data is here, and I have the, 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 the MacBook, and, and all of these things. You start thinking about that, and all of a sudden you realize all of this digital connection that you have with that brand is, is, is much, if you're going to decide to leave, it's like a divorce. I mean, you're going to basically leave all that data, right? Everything that they've been learning and doing with you, right, is gone, sure, you can take your files and all of that and go somewhere else in your mail and your contacts, right? That's kind of how it started. Nobody really thought about that because it was like, okay, I'll just take my contacts, I go over here, right? I'll take my mail, I go over here. But now it's a little more different, right? Because there's certain learning features, right? This AI that's with Siri and, and um, with Apple Maps and what it prompts you and says, hey, here's where you left your car, here's where you're going, here's where the weather is. All of a sudden, it knows a lot. Can you leave that? And that's where we kind of concluded in the book that, hey, these brands are pretty powerful. And I think that's the lesson that OEMs, Hertz, these other companies, any company that was in this type of business before has to start really thinking about, can I? how do I connect my brand so people always want to be with my brand, right? And then, you know, they're going to live with the little quirks and kinks and different things that may be happening with your brand, but they're going to stay with your brand. And so I came back, I was an Apple guy, and I'm still an Apple guy, right? Huh. So I came back, and I, I still use that. So, 
That's interesting because um, that was the foundation of it. You know you, what you're talking about, and what I can visualize as you're speaking is you build this personal relationship with the brand because it's interacting with you again, as I said earlier, almost as a peer. The way I sort of feel about and have become dependent on my car's safety features because now when I get in another car and it doesn't have those features, I feel like I have to work a lot harder just to get the same thing done because I don't have I don't have the car to rely on like I do with with my vehicle. And as it becomes smarter and more intuitive with me, that's even harder to give up. So, what did you learn about this space, the the cognitive automobile? through writing this that you would like to share? Because I have an audience of business owners and entrepreneurs who listen. We've talked about how big brands are going to have to morph and participate. What do you see as the opportunity for entrepreneurs in this space, Stephen? I mean, I think it's the, it's, it's the same for any kind of uh, big brand. I mean, you, you think what, what anybody who's starting a business, right, it's about reputation. It's about your brand and the experience that people are going to feel with the brand. Think about a new thing, even Top Golf, right? All of a sudden, right, popping up in these cities and these kinds of things. And now it has that kind of. I mean, that's the place everybody wants to go to golf, right? So, it, it it's about bringing and thinking, um, stepping back, and I, I talk about these kinds of techniques in the book, right? Design thinking, right? It's again not thinking about how people used to design products for the physical world, but really thinking and about designing things for the customer and that the customer is always first. So in any kind of business, right, if I step back and whether it's products or connectivity or, or, or whatever, right, it's, it's always really stepping back and thinking about who is your customer and what's the experience you want to have and that the customer wants to have when they're interacting with you. And then that's what can make your product, brand, service, whatever that you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately that can grow, whether it involves IoT or connectivity or not, right? But it's about creating that connection. If you create the connection, just like Apple does, then, you know, that can live on and, and, and make your product and your business successful. Great words. I want to thank you for the serious commitment that you and Sebastian made to researching and writing your book, My Cognitive Automobile Life. If someone would like to purchase the book and read it, where would you suggest they go to find it, sir? I'll just uh, certainly Google my name, the title. Uh, that's Stephen Perrin, P-H-E-N-P-E-R-U-N. Also on LinkedIn, um, you can get uh, connected with me there. I can get you the book. Um, also on Facebook. Um, Sebastian also has a thi uh, website that's uh, think-automobility.org. Um, you can read about, um, this is his second book, um, you can read about some of the things around his first book, other things around mobility, the industry, why companies are doing and changing the way they are. Well, thank you for spending time with my audience today and talking a bit about the content in your book. I've, I've enjoyed reading it, and I've enjoyed listening to you and talking with you today. So thank you for being a friend of the program, sir. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this ed edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I want to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, and our producers, without whom we wouldn't have a show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. 
You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 